Peter, we have got to prove Lois is innocent. That's right. And the best way to crack any high-profile crime case is to do a podcast before you have all the facts. Okay. And the key to any podcast is poor sound quality and tons of commercials. All right, we've got Lois calling in from prison. She's only got three minutes. Thanks for looking at my case, guys. You bet, Lois. My first question is, do you get a good night's sleep? No, because I'm in prison and my cellmate is bipolar. Well, if you get a Casper mattress now, you have a hundred days to decide if it's the right mattress for you. Peter, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for underwear that bunches up. That's why I wear me undies. Perfect underwear for hanging yourself in your jail cell. Can we talk about the case? I have 30 seconds before they haul me off to the freaking cafeteria. Sounds like you could use Blue Apron. Have you ever wanted to receive a vegetable in the mail? Then you need Blue Apron. I'm, like, obsessed with the stir-fry. Brian here likes the Moroccan beef. I, I have no opinion on the Moroccan beef, Peter. Brian, this is not art. This is commerce. Peter, before I go, I need a new lawyer. This one made a sexual pass at me. Oh, boy, everyone knows hiring is a nightmare. At least it was before ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter, we vastly overestimate how many podcast listeners are in a position to hire someone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to subscribe, to rate, to review on the Apple iTunes app, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, on the Amazon Music app. Uh, sometimes you just Google us and we pop up. And please, 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 I do not know what it is that you do on Spotify. But whatever it is that you do on Spotify, please go and do that. Please go and do that. I don't think I need that to tell you. Me. I don't think I need to tell y'all who we are anymore. Like we, we we're 197 strong at this point. 197. Hmm. Oh no, one. Yeah, this is 198. We we've done one night. We not got 197 in the books. This is 198. Oh yeah, yeah. It is 198. It is 198. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. 198. Okay. We almost in that retirement. I don't have much age. to say. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say. I mean, it's at this point. I mean, I guess my first question to you is, how do you feel about podcasting these days? Uh, I feel about our podcast or the the state of the culture. State of the culture. I think the state of the culture. Um, I think it, the market has been flooded, especially with this pandemic. It's been giving a lot of people something to do. So, oh, yeah, I'm just going to start me a podcast and everything. And cool. I support it because, I mean, obviously because I do it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, who's going to be here four years from now? And that's that's what that's what's curious to me because I see a lot of people, you know, on social media. And, and, of course, the people I follow, the people I support, you put something out there, I'm going to listen to it. Because you fuck with me, I'm going to fuck with you. But also at the same time, I'm trying to see who's really about it and who's just got a hobby right now. Definitely. And I, I mean, there, I don't even, there's nothing I need to say. I mean, I agree with that a hundred percent. It's always flattering when uh, some, I see somebody saying, you know, they're starting their podcast. They actually started and uh, we have conversations, you know, it, it's cool. I, I hope that as the state of the culture grows, I mean, I hope, you know, we get a chance to get more invites to be on other people's podcasts. Cause I, I really just feel like this this ideal of basically being our own little vloggers and radio broadcasters on a local stage. I think, I think it should bring more people together, but I mean, it might not, if it doesn't, it doesn't, I ain't tripping. Uh, I haven't met 
too many people. I just hear about. So I haven't personally met, you know, a T with Monroe, you know, I haven't, you know, another when we feel like it. But at the end of the day, you know, I know that they're out there because I know we're not the only ones doing podcasts because I could literally Google any word in iTunes in, in a podcast section and there's podcasts like it's something out there. And at this point, I, I don't knock people for treating it like a hobby. But at the same time, I mean, you know, at, at least care about what you put out. That's that's my own thing. Care about what you put out, and ho- hopefully your content isn't repetitive and and mundane because we we have a lot of that. And I like I like to feel like you know to a degree we step outside the box and we hit the nail we hit the we hit the nail on the head of some things. What what I what I encourage people to do is not listen to your favorite celebrity podcast and then come and do what they do. Because if that's what you're going to do, I can just go to the source. I can go to the well. Like, don't give me, you know, what Joe Budden was talking about this week. Because they're celebrities. They're in touch with the celebrity culture. If I'm listening to the Joe Blow that works at Radio Shack, I don't want to hear his opinion on celebrities. That's why we give you our perspective from us being in society at our own respective levels. Because if I were to sit here and tell you about sports... You can go listen to Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. You can listen to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman because they got some inside scoops. I'm not telling you nothing you don't already know. But what you do not know are the life and times of Jay and Welly F. And that's what we're here to give you, really. Really none of your damn business. <laughs> but um, at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I'm a very, very big fan of puns. I love puns. And I don't like the way you glossed over a pun. I, I, it was smooth though. It was smooth though, wasn't it? I called it too, and I just had to keep going. You got to When you have a pun like that, you got to ride it. But I'm gonna. You know what? I'm not even gonna. I'm just gonna move on, and hopefully somebody caught it. If they didn't catch it. Y'all niggas got to keep up. Anyways, uh, just like the last episode, that one episode, you said that you said a Jay Z line. I listened to it. I'm like, damn, I didn't hear the Jay Z line. That I totally missed it. I'm like, uh, it must have been a verse I've never heard before. Oh, you, you you missed the "Can I Live" line. Oh Jesus Christ! That was that was that was pretty simple. I guess that 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 did slip my mind. Hit it yeah, in plain sight. Damn, damn. Whenever I hear that that phrase now, I think of that damn Netflix documentary. <sighs> Abducted in plain sight. Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to even think about that fucking. Oh God, why why did you do that? Why did you do that to me? Anyways, man. Anyways, I, I enjoyed last episode. How would you summarize last episode again for the people that probably haven't heard the true crime Bill Cosby special broadcast that we did, you know, just to simplify it? Oh, shit. You're going to make me pull that back up in my notes because I don't remember exactly what I said because, like I told you, I, I slept, slept walk through that episode because I was just purely exhausted. So it was <laughs> hard. it was hard for me to get through it, but I knew it was something we had to get through, and I got through it. Yeah, yeah, that's like a day, like a day of work. Yeah, but um, I, mean, but, I say that's what you sent a text message actually. Yeah, I sent it in a text message. What did I say? Uh, this cutty is all right. Uh, cutty is all right. It's all right. Okay, I said we went uh, we went the long way to say that Cosby sex scandal is more relevant to this generation than his positive spin on black culture. Yes, indeed. And that's just saying yes. that's just saying because we didn't grow up on the Cosby show. We like 
you were you were basically um, young and old watching a different world. Like we were nowhere near yes. being in college when Different World was on. Like no, you, it, it, not us. And I could go back and look and you know familiarize myself with it and you know like as we aged, it made sense. Kind of like I talked about, I'm um, watching Frasier. The older I got, the more sense it made that type of comedy. Mm-hmm. And so, like the older I got, the more Different World made sense. And so, it took it took us aging to I'm not gonna say catch up because you know that was out already, but to to be able to mentally comprehend those things. But the sex scandals and stuff, shh, kids learn that at 10 years old these days. It's happening to kids in oh, schools yeah. at 13 years old. So that that's something that's just more relevant to us as a society as a culture in this day and age indeed indeed okay okay i was scrolling i was scrolling my email and uh, apple sent me something about uh your, your, your boy uncle joe talking about he's gonna ban the term defund the police and i just wanted to point out the fact that you know uh, I, you know he us here at no boundaries podcast you, you know we that's one of the that was one of the movements that obviously was misinterpreted by a bunch of people because you know people say defund the police abolish the police uh, what was the other one that's basically like real reallocate the funds uh reform Defund. reform reform you know so I, I i we we told you guys that nothing like that was going to occur that was never ever a plan it was all a political chess move to make you think that oh you know these people are really on our side and blah 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 this and that so long story short yeah joe i hear joe biden is 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 basically trying to ban that phrase he wants to remove himself from association from that phrase because like we've been telling y'all they have no intentions of defunding a a, a department that puts you niggas in place that's as simple as that they're not going to they're not going to demilitarize it. They're not going to do any of those type of things because they need the police to protect themselves from y'all black asses. So keep that in mind when y'all when y'all when y'all you know pick a side because at the end of that at the end of the day, like all these things that they they promise in their campaigns, they're just they're empty promises. And you guys. A lot of you guys grew up in households where empty promises are a common a common theme. So don't be surprised when your favorite politician does the same thing. I, I think, just I just thought that was something interesting to talk about. I think the way that people really look at politics, they look at politics linear, and it's not really linear because you're saying, oh well, you know, he's far right and she's far left, and so on and so forth. And you just you think you're looking at a straight line. You're really not looking at a line. You're looking at a pyramid. Yeah, they might start on the left. They might start on the right. But they're going to meet in the middle at a point. And at that point, oh, yes. they're the exact same thing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I agree. I agree. And, um, yeah, people, don't don't think this is going to be a political episode. This is going to be a whatever the fuck we want to talk about episode. So brace yourselves for the, t- the the traditional Mexican jumping bean style of podcast where we're pretty much just everywhere. Um, the other the other the other podcast we I talked about the fact that I was reading this book about transgenderism, and I'm I'm uh, once again I'm not reading the book. I'm just following along as it's read to me because I have now taken the taking the mindset of a two-year-old a, a second grader actually where i need books read to me because i'm too busy to read them myself uh but here but but 
honestly, I, I would I would recommend this book because this book has definitely introduced me to something that I'm actually shocked about in a sense because I think the title is perfect when it, it the title is Irreversible Damage. That's the bold title. And it's Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters by Abigail Schreier. And the the reason I, I, I can officially recommend this book is because this is something that's going on in 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 small sections of society, no, small sections of populations across the nation. And you may not be, it's basically like COVID, you may not personally be dealing with it, but it's happening. And the fact that it's happening is something that people need to pay attention to because there are a lot of little gems that are dropped in this book that make you say, oh, so that's how it started. Because, and not to stay on this too long, but the thing that was wild to me was I ask people this all the time now, and and once again, not to, not to pick on transgender people, but I do. I'm all, I'm always interested in trying to figure out how something has gained momentum like this. How do we get to a point where there are major cases in America where parents are fighting custody of a kid, and one of the main topics is, well, I want to make sure that this kid stays a boy. Or I want to make sure that this kid stays a girl. Like, how did we get to that point? And a lot of it has to do with the fact that the school system, education, along with psychologists and the way that they approach caretaking. I mean, remember, I don't know if this is you, Jay, but did you used to get spankings or whoopings when you were young, a young boy? Um, I was the good kid, so the whoopings and spankings that I got were few and far between. I'm just gonna keep it a buck with you, but I I do I, I do I do have like you know four or five under my belt in a lifetime, you know. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. But if you, you want to talk like about my sister, whew. oh god, yeah, you told me, yeah. <laughs> these yeah. were these was WWE matches. <laughs> Good lord, women are women are interesting. We'll get to that later in the episode. I think. Long story short, the way that we were raised in the '90s. It's just so, 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 so different than the way kids are being raised in the 2010s. The Gen Z kids, they cannot relate to how Gen X kids and Gen Z kids are being, I mean, uh, and uh, millennials are being raised. I mean, they, they just, they can't. It's, 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 light, it's light and day. It's night and day. Um, so... I really feel like it's important for people to understand that. And, and this is one of my people that know that have been listening to this podcast for a long time. They know that I pick on the psychology field quite often because I feel like now the psychology field has gotten to the point of not really trying to solve problems per se, but feeling like treating people as weak and fragile is the best thing for them. So basically what I'm saying is that the thing that was unique about this book was it taught me that a lot of parents that are going out seeking help are basically being told to listen to their children. And I think if you would have told our parents some shit like that, they would have laughed at us. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And, and psychologists today will be like, well, you know, that's not right to not, you know, listen to your kid. Blah, blah. I was like, well, 
I wouldn't say that our parents didn't listen to us. It's just that our parents had life experience. It's nothing that you, it, it, parenting is nothing that you necessarily can get out of a book. It's, you're going to, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you're going to hit some, you're going to hit the lottery on some shit. You know, so you're going to strike gold. But for the most part, parenting is just you doing your best to, to put your child in the best position to be successful. And honestly, most of the people I know to this day, I don't really feel like I know a bunch of fucked up, broken, damaged, you know, suicidal people. I don't think I do. Just because your your therapist is probably telling you that, I don't agree. I think that we've gotten to a point in society where we don't know what normal is. We've gotten to a point in society where we think happiness is everything and it's not. And we've gotten to a point in society where we think that if if we're not having a lot of good days, then we need to we need to go grab a cocktail and 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 do something to to remedy that fact which once again puts you in a mindset of you have to be happy you don't always have to be happy shit is not always going to go right you're going to have a flat tire sometime you might get in a car accident one day you may be late to work one day life is life and i think that psychology and, and therapists are are personally they're using current this current population this current generation as a case study and a lot of the things a lot of the problems we have it's really due to the fact that everybody thinks that they're going to be able to grab a self-help book and their their cure their their disease is going to be gone and it's like i mean life is not a disease you know what i'm saying life is meant to be lived you know and i think too many people are seeking the one formula to a perfect life and that's that's basically why i found this book unique because a lot of kids are being led in my personal opinion this is my personal opinion a lot of parents and children are being led in the wrong direction and it's specifically by by schools and by the social sciences so uh i, think I know you with, don't have a lot to say about that but i, I think i think with everything that society is trying to normalize the one thing that they're not normalizing is that it's okay to not be happy all the time. Cause it's like, you can tell somebody, Hey, I'm sad or I'm, you know, just, you know, I'm just not, not cheery right now. And this, and like, we talked about this, you know, going on five years now that, you know, around this time of the year, around the holiday season, a lot of more, a lot more people are sad and a lot more people are depressed because this is when you really reflect and are around family a whole lot more often. And you get those um, questions of when you go get married, when you going to have a baby and, and all this other stuff. And so we're not normalizing like, hey, you don't have to be cheerful all the time. Sometimes you can be down. But we're not teaching people how to handle it because we're telling them that you shouldn't do it. And so since we're saying, oh, no, you shouldn't be sad. Well, people are like, well, shit, I'm going to tuck my sadness in. And, and I, I don't know how to handle it. I'm just It's just going to be tucked in until it explodes and I'm splattering my brains across my back wall. Like you're not telling people, hey, man, yeah, it's OK to be sad. You know, you don't have to go to your family's house for Thanksgiving if you know that's going to put pressure on you mentally and emotionally. Don't go. You don't have to go to your family's house for Christmas if you know that's going to put pressure on you mentally and emotionally. Don't go. But like there's so much historical, you have to do this. You have to be this way, you know, but you're not normalizing being sad. And that's really fucked up in a society perspective because it's like, damn, you know what? I'm just not happy. 
and and I'm going to and I'm not going to be happy and I don't have to go and actively work on that every single day. I don't have to. I can just be I can just not be happy right now and I can have this moment and then I can let it pass. But then then you say, "Well, no, you need to work on it. You got to go find something that makes you happy. Go find something that, you know, that's fun for you to do." All right, cool. I go out and I try to do this and I fail. I go out and I try to do this and I buy something and now, yeah, I'm happy for the moment, but then 2 weeks later, Man, I just took on some more debt that I didn't need. So now I'm now I'm deeper depressed. I'm I'm sadder now. And this is because you listen to what society said to go get yourself out of the funk. Sometimes you gotta sit in that funk. Sometimes you gotta sit in that funk. And that's, that's the only way you're gonna learn how to handle it. Is to is to is to experience it. Like I, I I can't I can't I can't tell you how to get out of depression if you if I haven't handled your depression. I can't tell you that. Cause yeah, it's the same thing, but it's always different. Yeah, my my blues is different from your blues. Always. You know, you know that's 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 a known fact. I actually was, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about Robin Williams, and how everybody talks about you know people like him, Mac Miller, and you know I, I want to say Philip Seymour Hoffman, Heath Ledger. It sucks that I can't think of anybody black, but anyways, um. They they talk about these people in the context of these people. Oh, Juice World, R.P. Juice World. They talk about these people in the in the terms of you know these people being happy on the outside and sad on the inside. So sad that they they take their own lives. Uh, but the the unique thing about Robin Williams is he actually had a disease that was well. Not, I don't know if it, you really can term it as a disease, but it's it was called LBD which is Louis body dementia. And I'm guessing it's specific to an, to an age group, but basically he had a, his cognitive abilities were declining. So it, people always think think that he took his life because of depression, but he actually had basically like a, a chemical warfare going on in his brain. Like his brain lacked so much of the average dopamine that, I mean, after a while he really couldn't function anymore. So he was actually a unique case, and and I'm just saying that because I, I hate the fact that people just lump him in with depression, and it's honestly, you you have to sit there and kind of think to yourself like I mean, how many of these people haven't really took their lives because of depression, so to speak, and more along the lines of actually having these, you know, almost deteriorating brains because I, I know depression is is a mental disease in a sense but I feel like depression has become too simplified like people just think of depression as a deep sadness a longing for for happiness that is that is absent but like when you're talking about dementia like this is along the lines of Alzheimer's like you get to the point with, with LBD where you're having hallucinations like you're 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 you have an insomnia you you can't eat like it gets it gets bad and I, once again I understand depression kind of sounds like that but i feel like depression is something that you could come out of you can relapse you can come out of it you can relapse but this right here from what i understand there's no cure for it so once your brain starts basically like i i imagine your brain just just imagine you have a nice pink glowing brain then all of a sudden it just starts getting deep deep red and you just see it in deep reddish black and it's just it's just slowly just dying Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it, you know. So that's that's just uh, 
and, and, and just thinking along the lines of, you know, people saying, you know, you just, you got to work on it. Work on what? There are things that you're going to work on that have no, there are no fix. So what do you do? You're just going to, you're going to dedicate your whole life to, to working on something that can't be fixed? Yeah. I mean, I'm all for, hey, finding things that make you happy. But at the same yeah. time, there's a lot of things that can't be fixed. <laughs> Having a drink probably makes an alcoholic happy. But at the same time, they probably shouldn't have a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we, we have we have, we have have it to where today's culture, I, I don't even think I can really identify anybody as an alcoholic anymore. Because everybody seems like an alcoholic these days. I can't even tell you. I can't. You can't even point out a dopehead these days, because everybody seems like dopeheads these days. It's like the people that you would classify as having an addiction 15 years ago. Shit, they they're normal now. Oh, you smoke weed every single day and drink alcohol. Oh, it's normal. Whatever it takes to get you through. Ago, yeah, yeah. 15 years ago, you'd have been in rehab. Like my guy, you need you need to chill. If you need weed every single day, and you have to drink every single day, you have a problem. But once again, this is 2002. Now you're 2020. That shit is normal. Oh, you didn't drink water today? Oh, no problem. <laughs> That's fine. And I, I was th- I was thinking that because I seen, uh, like we were talking about people drinking water. I seen this um, ad on Instagram where they was trying to get this, it's like hydrate IV or something like that. And it's like, yeah, you, you drink one of these and it's like having three bottles of water. And it's like, why don't you just drink three bottles of water? <laughs> Why, why, why not just do it the old-fashioned way? Pause real quick, bro. I was in a store the other day. And I was just getting me some basic cage-free eggs with my little grocery shopping. Because every now and then I like to eat eggs. I still eat cage, I still eat eggs. I say cage-free because I feel a little bit better about you know, eating cage-free eggs. I'm not a fan of, of, of egg whites. The, mm-hmm. the white the eggs that come in a carton and I just happened to just be looking at some the other day and I'm just like huh so I'm looking and I noticed that there was this these, this carton of egg whites that said egg whites but they said plant based eggs and I just paused for a second I'm like plant based eggs how did how did y'all do that and I just and I didn't even grabbed the I didn't even grab the carton I just was looking at it, and I'm like plant-based eggs and I tried to use my common sense to figure out how you get eggs from plants and I said you know what I'm not going to do this today (laughs) not today no 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 so I I walked off I grabbed my cage-free eggs 12 brown eggs in my cart and I left I said I'm like no no yeah now I'm not going to do this to me today and lo and behold they still did it to me because I'm still thinking about it a week later. Man. I'm, I don't know what y'all got going on. I am confusion. Oh, God. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how you get... I, I don't know, man. I've, I've always wondered how you get milk from, from almonds. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen the almond milk process. I was like, okay, I get this. This makes so sense to me. What are they, skinned almonds or something? You, you you basically boil them and bring them out. You're, oh, you're, you're you're straining the almonds. But the plant though, what plant is this that's giving you that's giving you <laughs> an egg type product? 
say that is beyond me. I just I just feel like it's a slippery slope, man. I just feel like, bruh, if you want eggs, man, just get you some eggs. Just get you if you don't want eggs, don't eat eggs. There's other ways to get protein that are similar to eggs. Because clearly, this shit is just being made in the lab. This is just some. This is some. This is, you guys are eating fake food. This is replica food, and I just don't believe that you can. I don't want. I'm. I don't want to see the process because I feel like the process is gonna be bullshit. <laughs> so at the end of the day, gonna just piss you off. Like, it's gonna piss me off, man. So I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I just, oh man, that that shit blew my mind, and I'm just sitting here, you know, you you brought up this this three for one water, and, and like you said, bro, if you want to be hydrated, I'm a fan of you know some people having like you know the Pedialyte, the stuff that's like considered like super water. Uh, that's fine, but at the end of the day, bruh. Three bottles of water is not hard to drink. I'm drinking. I'm drinking two bottles of water all day. I mean, today already. Like, it's not hard, man. You say you to say that, and, and it, it's two o'clock where you're at. I, before noon, I could probably have two bottles of water. Like it's it, like you said, it's not. I could have on a typical day. I'll probably drink a bottle of water when I first get up, and then I'll have a, two cups of coffee all before noon. And then I'll have, and I'm not, I'm I'll have a bottle of water with my lunch. Like, it's not hard. It's not hard, man. But if you're living a lifestyle that is honestly around-the-clock unhealthy, it's probably going to be very, 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 very hard. Because like I said, like, ever since I've gotten back on the Snapchat and just, just be looking at random stories, I, you know, I know people don't brag about drinking water, but I really be like, damn, like, as much as people drink alcohol, their margaritas and all this stuff, I'd be like... I just don't see where they fit in water in some of this. I just don't. Like, I really feel like people forget to drink water. I, and I don't want to sound judgmental. I'm just trying. I'm watching out for y'all. So this is really a PSA for y'all. Don't forget to drink your water if you're listening right now. Go grab your bottle of water. Drink up. And and, and, and to give credit, because, like, I don't say I forget to drink water. Sometimes I just forget to drink anything. Because, like, oh, shit, I haven't had any water today. I haven't had, you know, any coffee. I, you know, I haven't had any hydration whatsoever. Like, that's, that's I will forget to drink just about anything. But for the most part, I'm, I keep I keep a couple of sodas in the fridge just in case I need to mix it with some liquor. Uh, I, got, I got some lemonade that's been in there for God knows how long. And then, you know, some almond milk. But mostly, I just have water. And I think if you remove remove all the extra from your environment, then you really don't crave it. You really don't see it. And I know that's a, that's hard like, for people with kids and stuff like that. You know, Capri Suns and stuff. They they you know kids are gonna want the fruity drinks and everything like that. So you know, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not passing judgment on anybody. I'm just trying to understand. Just trying to understand. Just because remember, this is a no boundaries podcast, and this is a no judgment zone. You may think that we're judging you, but no, we're just skeptical and we want to learn. So please don't feel offended. I'm definitely Anyways. judging you. Not on everything, <laughs> oh, but on some things. Not on everything, like but what? on some things. Like what? Like what, Mr. Brooks? You, uh, you, what, like what? I, ju- I judge people who keep other people in their lives just for attention. I, I, oh, I definitely man. judge those kind of people because of like, why you're not bringing anything to this other person's life you're just soaking in the attention that they give you and i judge you for that because like if you're going to be there at least provide some value 
some kind of value, but but you're not providing any value. You're just coming there to use and to use and to use. I think we talked about this one time. You referred to them as a succubus. I think that might have been the yes. word you used. If 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 you're if you're referring to if you're talking about a female, because don't don't get it twisted. There are some men out there that do it as well, but definitely a succubus to an extent. I feel like a, su- a succubus is succubus is a lot more deviant in a sense. But yeah, I would say I would I would just say a parasite. I would just say parasite. Yeah. Parasites. Yeah. And so if you're just have you're, you're a parasite, you 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 think you're bringing value to this person's life. I think that's what what really the key is, because a parasite might actually think a human parasite might actually think they're adding value to somebody's life. They might think, you know, oh, I'm putting a smile on this person's face, and you know, because I send them a picture of of me every single day, I'm putting a smile on their face. But really, if they didn't get that picture, do you think they'd still be smiling? Because you're not smiling unless you get that feedback. What if you send a picture to that person and they, and they don't they don't respond? Are you still feeling the same way? Are you are you are you sacrificing yourself? Like yeah, this does nothing for me, but at least they're happy. What if what if you send a person that picture and they just hard it and don't say oh you look nice today or, or anything like that? They just hard it and keep on pushing. Who are you really man. doing it for? You know me, man. I know you four ain't years shit. of running, yeah, four years of running, bro. And it's like I be wanting to tell people all the time, like it's not a game that's being played. It's just the fact that it's 2020. You don't need my validation. You really don't need my attention. You, uh, and and just speaking from a male perspective, and I'm thinking about the women that I've dealt with in the past five years. Like you don't need my validation. You don't need my attention in the same way that you think. Because the way I give my my women friends attention, they may not like it, but at the same time, that is who I am. So if you're looking for a, a, a universal way of getting attention, which comes in the form of hearts, likes, constant messaging, good morning, good night text, you're not going to get that from me. And you're not going to get that from any guy that just has a life. Like, dude, like I have other shit going on. I'm not sitting there... I'm like anybody else. Yes, my phone is by me most of the time. But even with that being said, the shit's on D&D quite often. So I'm not obsessed with my phone. If I'm not, if the conversation starts and is going, I got my phone in my hand, I get multiple text messages, I have multiple conversations going on. But once my phone is down and I'm watching TV or just in the middle of something else, I'm not worried about, oh, let me go remind this girl that she's beautiful. Let me go remind this girl that, you know, I know your dad didn't love you, but I love you. Like, I ain't got time for that shit. Like, I don't, that, my bad, that took it, that was, that was mean. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. But, um, look, I'm just, like, that's, <laughs> that's not me, bro. Like, and I, and I understand that we live in an attention economy now. So it's almost like, and I, this is my advice to men. Like, and once again, I'm a male, so this is what I'm doing. Like, I look at men like this, like I know most men for the most part, they give with they give women attention in hopes of getting sex. At the end of the day, if you're giving that woman attention in the hopes of getting sex, obviously you're gonna get pissed off when you're giving so much attention and you're not getting anything back. So at the end of the day, like, bruh, like it doesn't really take long for, for that woman to know if she wants to have sex with you. So it so when it all comes down to it, you know. After giving so much attention, if you're not getting what you want, 
eventually you just seem fake. Just like the woman is going to seem fake. Like, you want attention from this guy, but what are you giving? Like, you think you think you just existing is enough? Because it's not. Wait, you wait, know, wait, and, wait, and wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold the phone. Hold, hold up. You mean to tell me from your personal opinion, I almost said expert, but I don't, I don't think you're an expert quite yet, that just being enough isn't enough? <laughs> that's, 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 I like the way you phrased that. Because one person... Wait, actually, no. Just being a woman... Gotcha. Isn't enough anymore. Anymore, no, not in my world. I think at one point in time it probably was, but I think that the more, the more men wake up, and they realize that you know, hey, there's a certain level of of energy that comes with providing this attention to you, and I'm providing this amount of attention to you because it's obvious that I may want to pursue something deeper with you. And you're basically just letting me know by your response that I'm just another guy. So with that being said, yeah, that's not enough because it's 2020. More than likely, your average woman, is, when I say, I don't even know, need to get into what an average woman is, but your average woman on social media, and we say this all the time, she's probably she probably has six to seven sweeters that are trying to get at her. Your average man probably has one or two women try to get at him. I mean, it's that's just how it works, and that's it's, that's probably going to be, you know, and that's women pretty much up to the age of forty, forty-five. So, yeah, you, it's, just being a woman is not enough. And 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 to not pick on women, but let me ask women a question: You have this guy; he looks great, takes care of his body, nice complexion, this, that, and the other. Drives a decent car, whatever. Has a an, an okay job, just an okay job. Has a bunch of followers on social media, always out on the scene. Pays you very little mind, except for when he wants something from you. And he gives you absolutely nothing. He doesn't give you any time unless it's his time. He doesn't give you any kind of support. Whether it be emotional, whether it be financial or whatever. He only fucks with you when he wants to fuck with you. Is that man enough? That's just my question. And and you know, you, you can you can answer it or you can pretend you didn't hear it. You can pretend I put some hold music over it. Whatever the whatever your thing may be, but that is my question. If a man is moving and I'm not going to say like you because I know a lot of our female listeners and I know a lot of them, you know, don't move like this. These these aren't the qualities that they seek in a mate or anything like that. But if a man moves in the same way that we just described that woman, is that man enough? I would imagine that you're going to probably make an excerpt, an excerpt of that question and possibly put it on Instagram or probably put it on Snapchat. <laughs> I would like to get a response. I mean, I, shout out to the ones that I know probably are going to respond. Shoot us a text or leave a message on SoundCloud. Uh, you know, obviously I'm not a woman, so I'm not going to answer that question. But if I was to, if I was to just give feedback on what I know the responses are going to be, uh, no, nah, not even that. Look, speaking from a black male perspective, I know for a fact that 
most women love status. So the minute I hear it has a lot of followers, it's always on the scene. I really feel like that's a that's a status that's a status signal. And I've learned in the past since I've since since just being on the dating scene again since my last relationship, I definitely realized women love status. So I think that with status comes less responsibility for certain people. And I would actually say men love status too, because there's a lot of bopping niggas out there too. A lot you know, of them. Yeah, I, I think I learned that when Drake came around. When Drake came around, people, males in Houston changed. Man, males in Houston changed so much. I never realized there were so many male boppers until 2012, 2013. It's pretty disgusting. But with that being said, I mean, long story short, status means so much. And I think, I, I, I honestly think that it's gotten to a point where, like, I think certain men like knowing women have had their body done. That's what they call it now, getting your body done. And I think certain men only want to mess with women that have a lot of social media followers. I think they only want to mess with women that, you know, are popular. I mean, it's really high school all over again. It's really high school all over again. It's like you, the the big dumb jock is the person that's going to get all the attention. And the big dumb jock only needs to exist. The big dumb jock is enough because they see the big dumb jock as a bag. Just like the man sees the big boob Coke bottle shaped woman as the bag because she, she's the quote unquote trophy girlfriend that makes him look good. Mm hmm. You know, so, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, how many dudes out there, like, I see a lot of guys out there, matter of fact, that, like, it'll be a woman that, like, I feel like, man, that, that, that chick is not attractive at all to me. But they be like, oh, you don't know who that is? And I'll be like, I don't give a fuck who she is. She's not attractive to me. But they they like to gas up these people because of the, 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 the status that comes with them. The, and that's wild riding. to me because it's like, like, oh yeah, you look good on these Instagram posts that have been edited and doctored up and hit with filters and all this other shit. Yeah, you look good on them. I see you in person. So yeah, you all right. Yeah, you all right. But once again, people love status. So the most, the the the, the chick that you would would definitely say is is average before 2015. If she has popularity in 2020, you're automatically bumping her up a few notches just based on her status. Status is everything these days. That's why people are, I mean, I guess people call it clout. Clout is, I guess, another way of saying it. You know, people love clout. Like, if you're somebody that has clout, I mean, you can get anything these days. Anything as far as attention. Because remember, this is an attention economy. There are people out there that are just trying to chase likes hearts and try to be able to get into sections, get into to clubs for free. And there are people out there that are actually chasing money because they realize money is real. Money is going <laughs> to pay the bills. <laughs> I, I need income to survive. Those likes, those hearts, they're not they're not gonna put food on my table. So um it's it's a it's a sad world we live in, but we live in an attention economy and I look at attention as monopoly money. Mm. And I, no matter what, the people that there there's people that have monopoly money and there are people that have real money. 
And the people that have real money in the end are still going to win. So I'm I'm always focused on on the real because I feel like if if you if you focus on the real, then I mean that other shit is going to come regardless because that's just that's just the way of life. Because eventually this attention economy is going to fade. It's going to be a new trend that takes place, and people are going to be doing something else to stay alive and stay afloat. And I mean that's that. But yeah. I am I, I am curious. I mean, and I, I I take your question very serious. They may not take your question serious, but I'm I really want to know because I think that it's so, there are so many. As much as as much as people try to make it seem like guys are just dogs and they're bad, there are a lot of guys out there that are pretty much just homebound and they stay in the corner now and they don't even pursue women anymore because they don't have status. You say they stay I'm in the serious. corner, and I think about that meme. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's why I said <laughs> they they in the corner with their party hat on, bro. With their drink in their hand, they just like shit. Nobody knows I exist anyway, and they just they're just there. And those guys really want something real, but unfortunately, I feel like when those guys get a chance to get something quote unquote real. They'll be they'll be what the women call these days jaded, damaged. Cause I I just think I just think that honest, good relationships come come a dime a dozen these days. Like I feel like the people that we know personally that make relationships work, believe it or not, like they're they're a small they're a small group of people. There's not a lot of them. There's not a lot. And I, I think in this small day and age, when when attention is so prevalent with everything the people that make relationships work are the people that can check their insecurities because everybody has these their insecurities nobody can nobody can sit there and say no i'm, I'm completely secure in, in everything no you have your insecurity somewhere and i think the key is being able to check those insecurities to be able to say, sit back and say all right i'm just tripping that this person really isn't doing anything this is just me being insecure and when you when you get to a level of knowing yourself to where you can do that self-check of like are they really intentionally doing this or is this just being being so insecure? Then that's when you can have, to me, a beneficial and successful relationship. And again, this is come from somebody that's single. But when you can check yourself before you just go out on your partner and saying, you know, oh, you making me feel like this and you doing this, you doing this. Some of that shit is internal. It's like, I just naturally feel like this, whether it's with this person, this person, this person, or this person. This is just naturally how I feel. So this is something that I need to handle. And if I'm not going to handle it, I'm not going to project it. Woo. Real talk. Real talk. And speaking of projection, man. How, I mean, obviously, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina specifically, is is basically still on lockdown like it's march 2020 but have you have you when you go out out there how would you rate the service you know like when you've been going to the, the few times you went to bars and just been able to like actually get out on the town how would you rate the, the customer service at these places before you answer that question for well never mind just answer the question that's fine for me it's, it's, it's been a lot of, of hit and miss like some places are like thankful that you're you're out and you're a patron and everything they're just saying all right cool you know hey we appreciate you you know coming out and, and partaking and everything and then some people just kind of like hey what you want and i don't know if it's been like <laughs> this, 
No, and, and, I, and I know that some businesses have been closed down and they're just getting back open. So it's like, all right, cool. You know, we appreciate people being out. And then I know some places that they've been working and they've been consistently going and they're just like, all right, I'm tired of y'all. <laughs> so it, it all, you know, it, it's been hit or miss. It, there, there hasn't been any consistency, I would say. Okay, okay. See, I thought the last few times I went out, I probably was projecting my emotions on these bartenders and servers or whatever. And like, I'm like... There is no way in the world that you, these restaurants are surviving with this shitty of this shitty customer service. Like, it's been pretty much consistently bad for me at any popular establishment, and it's wild to me because I just don't like the fact that these people are getting off on the fact that they don't have to treat people well in order to maintain business. And I really just feel like, to an extent, I feel like we utilize. I wish our generation utilized Yelp more, or whatever, like TripAdvisor, whatever. In order to like, not destroy businesses, but make businesses step their game up, because I mean, as as a person that has been dealing with the customer service sector for the last six or seven years, it disgusts me when I see people that give shitty, shitty customer service, and I just feel like, oh, like man, maybe maybe I'm projecting, maybe maybe that customer customer service wasn't bad, but it's like if you're operating in a tip based business where that's your life, that's your livelihood. It really surprises me that you don't think that you can be kind to people. Like, like you should be kind to people, especially like if they're not obviously being rude to you. Like that's just that's just wild to me. And I was just wondering, like maybe that's just unique to to Houston. Maybe that's just my experience. But if you're saying it's hit or miss in Carolina, I really just feel like maybe that maybe that business maybe people are just not thankful to be in that business anymore. Maybe they're just like shit. Y'all here anyway. Y'all gonna buy it. What you want? But to me, it's kind of like, all right, you have to come. You pro- during a typical meal, you say you probably see your server three, maybe four times. They sit you down. They might take a drink or take a drink order right away. Bring your drinks. Leave. Come back. Take your food order. Bring your food. Check on me at least once. Check on you at least once. And then one final check. So about about six times. Six times, yeah. Six Shit. times. How long are those interactions? Sixty to the to, to ninety seconds tops. That what you just described right there is is good service though. Yeah, like, that was good like service. It's average service. Yeah, that's average service. Like I, man, I'm telling you. And then and we're talking about like how long? Like was I just there thirty minutes, forty five minutes? Or or did my or was my was my stay extended because those six visits were so spread apart? I True. I deal with the latter quite often. True, because it's, it's like it's like it's like it's clear that we're not eating food anymore. Like we're you know we're we're not picking at it or anything like that. Our drinks are low. You know we're either ready to go or we need refills on some drinks or something like that. But what I'm getting at is like those interactions are anywhere between sixty and ninety seconds. Yeah. You can't come up for 60 and 90 seconds. And I'm not going to say do your job because the job gets done, but do your job with some kind of cordial Chick-fil-A attitude or or you know, hey, you ain't got to you ain't got to be Chick-fil-A out here. I'm not saying that, but just hey, hey, how's it going? You know, everything looking good? You know, can I cuz I think as much as a as a patron needs to realize that this person is just bringing the food, they're not cooking it. The, the server has to realize, hey, I'm not cooking it. I'm just running it. So, you know, once that understanding is, understanding is is established between the two, 
Hey, you know, my ice, no onions on my burger. I got onions on the burger. All right, cool. I'll run that back. You know, hey, maybe I did say no onions and they cook put it on onions anyways. Maybe you didn't say no onions, but you know what? If you said no onions and you got onions, I take this back. I fix this for you. You might toss me a couple extra dollars. Indeed, especially if you do it in a timely fashion. Especially if you do it in a timely fashion. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I really would like to. I don't. I don't have any bartending friends necessarily. Like I, I, I know of bartenders. Uh, but I haven't really never had the chance to really just have that conversation with them to even like what sets them off. What 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 makes them to get to the point where they provide less than less than great service. Who who do they expect to be better tippers and so on and so forth? I really would like to ask those questions to a bartender or a server one day. Maybe I may maybe I can make that happen. It's gonna be hard because uh, I think nowadays people don't like to talk too much, especially to strangers. So, but yeah, I'll try to make that happen. That that but that's something that's been on my mind for for the last couple of weeks now. And uh, you just affirmed that I'm not alone. I, I understand. I am not. I, I understand. Yeah. I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not going to, you know, go deep into the off mic conversation that we had. But yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's quite interesting. But um, man, oh man. Yeah, we we like like I said, we we did the traditional Mexican jumping bean <laughs> conversation, and uh, as as we get close to concluding, uh. I definitely, you know, I guess we can we can kind of jump into some music, so to speak, because I don't know about you, but I was excited for Kid Cudi's album. And the reason I was excited for Kid Cudi's album was because I just feel like a lot of people have so much time now, especially entertainers, to really get to really sit back and like craft something great. And when I heard Kid Cudi's album, I was like, he don't really seem like he'd been sitting around chilling, like trying to craft something great. <laughs> it just seems like a, it's like it's like, hey, I need to put out an album for some money. You know, hey, here you go. And it was decent. But I guess my main thing is like, I really wonder what's really motivating these people to put out music these days, because the music is so hit or miss with, with the great artists, too. And it's like, wow. I feel like like I told you, I was like, this sounds like Kid Cudi pretending he's on drugs, but not really on drugs. Boy. Cause cause Man on Man on the Moon 2 was dark. Yeah. And this was this was on some Twilight shit. Like, yeah, it's not it's not quite that dark outside. I can still see. And so it's like and he was trying to channel something that wasn't there. Exactly. And so and and I'm I'm I don't want to compare it to the first Man on the Moon because that that's that's just fucking classic. But it seemed it seemed it's, it also seemed like not as dark as as the second one. That second one was dark as shit. And so I think a lot of people when they make music they make music to tour off of. And since they can't tour, it's really not that's not really their been their bag, like. Drake, Drake, when he dropped Life is Good at the beginning of the year. Yes, that was the beginning of 2020. It's been a long fucking year. And then he comes, out, he comes out with Laugh Now, Cry Later. 
Like those are are tour songs. Like you can hear those in arenas. Like th those are gonna ring off. Like you're making that music to tour on. And and granted, I'm talking about Drake, one of the best to ever do it. You know, wh whether you think so or not, he's gonna be one of the best to ever do it. So, but then you get a lot of these other mid tier artists who really aren't making. They're making music to survive. Drake and Drake can still <laughs> go out and, and and play music from his first album, and it's gonna ring off. A lot of these people are making music to survive because they're not on the road doing those tours anymore. So it's just kind of like, I got to put something out. I got to eat something. What, I don't know what it's going to bring me back, but I got to bring something in. And a lot of our culture to this point, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm stretching trying to get this in, but that's why we don't have or don't listen to the Jay-Z's and the Nas's and the Wale's to a certain extent to take it even further back to the Slick Ricks and the Eric B and the Rakims we don't listen to them anymore because they make music that's going to make you think and people you said don't, this already. people don't want to think they, anymore niggas don't want to think anymore so that's why you get you get the, the, the young thugs the little Uzis and the little Yachty's and because that's not thinking music that's turn up music and now you can't turn up so what do you do? How do you eat? And I can't knock them for trying to put something out to, 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 to try, try to eat. You know, it's you, you got to do something. I respect it. But it's like, you know, I want to hear Migos in the club. I, I can't catch a vibe to the Migos in the house. I would actually call it mood music, not even turn up music. Because Definitely. I've heard some little Uzi Vert before. And it's like, it's not even, they're not really saying anything. They're just trying to capture a mood with with the vibe they're giving you from their music. And that's what Cuddy tried to do. He tried to channel a vibe that's not there anymore. It's like, bro, you're not going through this shit right now. You got a daughter, you got a you got a you got a badass chick you're with. Life is life is great for you. So you know, let me see let me feel that in your with your album. That's why I respect Chance the Rapper. Like his music isn't what it was when he was going through the shit he was going through, but his music for somebody that can relate to what he's going through, it fits. This dude's a happily married man. Yeah. He makes happily married man music. It matches. You show That's the, the mood. That's the growth. That's what rap is these days. Yeah, you know. So to try to channel a pain that isn't there anymore, I mean, you know, it is what it is. On a side note, of course, I mean, I'm, I'm out of fantasy, but I'm still, you know, looking at you know what I'm doing or whatever, and Kansas City is giving me 23 points on a week that I don't even need 23 points. But um, that's just how it goes, bro. The Kansas City defense, like Kansas City defense, yeah. Wow. I'm not even watching the guy; just having a look. Just this is how it goes, man. Because like, I always make the right decisions, but at the end of the day, it's all about who you play. That's it. It's all about who you play, and it's still fuck fantasy. Um, I'm uh, damn. But yeah, man, it's it's mood music. Um, I like I liked a couple of joints on there. I'm probably gonna listen to it again in the morning, and I'm gonna check out the Jack Harlow too. Um, I made it all the way through the Jack Harlow earlier, and I was like, okay, this is decent. I'll probably I'll, it'll probably get another spin today. It'll probably get another he's, play he's today. A, a lot of people don't know. Like it was funny when he had when he had a got a the best new artist nomination at BET like three years ago, and like. The dude has always been consistently like dropping like little radio bangers, but you're saying that this album is good, decent. So I'm I'm interested now because like I listened to a couple of his albums and I was like, 
he definitely struggles to put together an album from him. For me, I like to listen. If you got 12 tracks, I like to listen from one to one to 12. And once again, with this generation, I want to, I want to see what mood you're trying to channel. And it, I hope it, 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 it works him. He's just really all over the place. Like he might have like some, he, he just be all over the place for me. So even if he's all over the place this time, I want to see how many, you know, little hits he has on there. I see he got the Tyler hero joint. Is he hero or hero? Hero. Oh, Tyler hero. He got Tyler hero joint on there. I know. I knew nothing about it. Um, I was unfortunately my radio had um I'll have my radio on. I you know you know like I told you sometimes I just turn my radio on in the car and uh, I didn't have my iPhone hooked up and I heard some 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 woman talk about yada 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 so I changed that shit and um and then I was listening to sports talk radio and uh one one thing one thing that was interesting to me I mean they they they're the ones that talked about the Tyler Hero song it was like Jack Hall Jack Harlow has this Tyler Hero song blah blah I'm like oh, okay but the thing that was interesting to me is like I was listening to this for about 15 minutes and like they talked about that part and then like they started talking about football they started talking about basketball and the thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit was I mean obviously I'm in Houston and it's like ESPN radio I just found it kind of funny like as they talked about black athletes they was talking a lot of shit about black athletes in that little 15 minutes I was listening. Like, obviously, they talked about Tyler Harrow, and I think I heard them say something about Aaron Rodgers. And then they were talking about Jared Goff or something like that, and then, like, they start going off on Cam Newton. And then they start going off on James Harden. Then they start going off on Kyrie Irving and KD. And I'm like, damn, like, they didn't have anything positive to say about any of the black athletes. And I don't know if that's just me catching it at, at a wild time, but I'm like, as I was sitting there listening to them, I wasn't disagreeing with what they were saying because the funny thing is one of the, one of the sportscasters was a black person. It was a black guy and a white guy talking. And like, they didn't have anything positive to say about black athletes. And I'm just like, man, is this, is this the state of black athletes right now? Like, they talk about what they're wearing off, it, off court. They talk about what they're doing on Instagram. Like, they were talking about how James Harden gifted little baby honey buns or some shit like that. And then they were talking about how, you know, it's because of James Harden that the league is going to basically put high restrictions on guys that go clubbing and all kinds of shit. And I'm just like, damn, like, y'all act like Gronk don't do this shit. <laughs> y'all act like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all act like, uh, you know, Johnny Manziel wasn't out here doing this. Like, y'all, y'all act like, white athletes are just so pure white bred Americans that don't get in trouble. Now, I can't really reference any white athletes that have gotten in trouble, but at the same time, American media is the enemy of the people. So if there is any white athletes doing some sketchy shit, they just real good at hiding the shit in my opinion, because I just really feel like athletes gonna athlete. Say, Especially these modern day athletes, they be wilding, bro. Would you would you rather have James Harden in the club with his homeboys or dealing with Ben Roethlisberger rape allegations? Shit, twenty twenty. Would you would you rather have Odell Beckham Jr. hanging out with Drake, or would you rather have Johnny Menzel being a substance abuser? That shit wild, bro. That shit is the wild. The way the way the way you the way you hear about it on the radio, you would think 
state, you'd rather have the rape allegations than, a, than the substance abuse. I'll be honest with you. Because, matter of fact, they talked about Odell Beckham in that segment, too. Because they were talking about how this the end of his legacy. It was an interesting little segment. That's why I'm saying, like, I, it caught my attention. I'm like, damn, another black athlete they talking shit about? Another one? And another one? And another one? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, the only black athlete that I hear positivity towards is probably LeBron James. That's it. That is it. The media loves that man. And and I and I hope I'm wrong, but I think they're gonna try to build Cosby LeBron. His time gonna come. On on the back because, end, they're gonna, they gonna try to build Cosby that boy. Because at the end of the day, one, nobody's perfect. And you will eventually, depending on how the depending on where the pendulum swings, at any given time you could be on the wrong side of history. A lot of people think that they're on the right side of history. But just to, like I said, like, for the most part, <laughs> you want to believe LeBron is on the right side of history. But, man, the media can change that dial at any time. At any time, bro. I see, like, dog, I see so much with the media. Dog, corporate media in America is so corrupt. I was even thinking about that little situation with Daryl Morey. Um, I, yeah, I believe it was Daryl Morey. But how he basically was like, he was with the Hong Kong protesters. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm not even going to get into all that, but like his stance actually made sense from an American perspective because you have people in Hong Kong that feel like there's outright tyranny happening in in that country. And Daryl Morey was like, shit, I'm with the protesters because honestly, the Hong Kong protesters can pretty much relate to what the protesters in America were going through. But for some strange reason, we feel like in Hong Kong, they should be pro-government and not anti-government. But out here, we should be anti-government and not pro-government, unless obviously there's a Democrat in office. So it was just really, really weird to me. Very, very weird to me. But uh, nonetheless, that's a story for another day. And yeah, it's it, it, like I said, it was just interesting to see when just to, when you dive into the sports world, how how black athletes have taken a a very interesting turn, especially with the fact that you know a lot of Black Lives Matter stuff ain't going on right now. So I guess it's free range. You could you could you could talk all the shit in the world now because once again, there's a Democrat in office, and shit you you could tell you could tell how you really feel. Basically, basically that's how I see it. But but hopefully tonight I get a chance to uh, get out a little bit. I want I, I hope I want to see Katie get back on the court. Um, I was happy to see Lamelo Ball get out there, rep, rep for them, rep for your Hornets. He looked, he <laughs> my looked Hornets, nice. They're mine now. Yeah, that's them your Hornets, man. He looked nice out there, and people tend to forget that, you know, the Hornets got a pretty nice. They got a pretty nice starting five. Like they got Miles Bridges. They got uh, what's his name? T Murder. What's his name? Came from uh, came from Celtics. Rozier. Rozier. Yeah, 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 yeah. They got they have Rozier. Um, they got a decent little team over there, man. And I feel like if Melo is gonna be the one, two, they got something, bro. They got something. It may not take off this year, but they got something. Um, we'll see, cause but yeah, you, I, the way Jordan be doing these these drafts, man. Nigga Jordan, that nigga Jordan. What you say, that nigga? Uh, got got Hayward and what? He got Hayward and a, he lost the gambling bet. <laughs> that nigga Jordan out there losing a dice game. Losing like, a dice game. Hey, Danny yeah. Ainge hit him with the okie doke. 
Yeah, nigga, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get Hayward off here. You gotta get Hayward off my roster. All right, shoot one, shoot some, <laughs> shoot some, shoot the five. MJ, nigga, lost the whole bag, man. But shit, bro, you already know, man. No boundaries podcast. We could ramble on all day. This was just an episode we just putting out for the people. Just a bunch of topics. And uh, I feel like that's a question of the day that you you asked earlier. And I hope it gets some attention. But uh, other than that, you watching anything on TV right now that's that you want to recommend? Um, I don't think I have anything. No, no, I've been I, I've been binge I've been binging Family Guy. Obviously, <laughs> I got I got nothing good. It's, you got nothing. You got nothing. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, we could jump into words of advice. And uh, damn, I don't even have anything there. I guess I guess there's a conversation that we had off off air. So I guess it's not words of advice, but hey, you can take it as words of advice. I still think that people need to treat money like it's, it's still money like we, we had basically had a conversation about how um it baffled me to figure out that people put shoes on layaway and when i say that i mean like people are literally going on websites and like making multiple payments to buy a pair of vans or to buy some jordans and that baffled me because i'm just like bruh if you can't afford something don't buy it it's not for you at the moment Maybe you should just wait, save a little better, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, my advice to people out there is, man, you, you got to still treat money, currency, like it's actual currency. And, like, stop taking this shit at the value of, I got it, so I need to spend it. That's very irresponsible. And I really feel like that's going to bring the demise of a lot of millennials and Gen Zers based on the fact that a lot of y'all not taking money seriously. Like... If you don't have the money to buy a regular bottle of Hennessy at home, I don't want to see you in a club with a bottle coming to your section with the fizzly little sparking lights on it. That is very irresponsible. And I think that that's a cultural thing that I hope dies off one day. But then again, I know it's not. It's probably only going to get worse. But that's my advice to you. Money is money. Treat it as such. It matters. Money matters. And that's all I got. Um, my words of advice um, to kind of go back and reiterate something we said earlier in the episode. Um, we do understand that it is the holiday season and that there's a lot of pressure on people to be joyous and cheerful when you really don't feel that way. And if you don't feel that way, don't feel like you're obligated to be that way. If you don't want to be around family, then don't feel like you're obligated to be around family. Don't let them put peer pressure you into anything. And when I say them, I refer to they. And when I talk about they, I talk about family, friends, strangers, the person ringing the bell in front of Walmart that wants donations for the Salvation Army. Anybody that can put you deeper into a, a feeling that you don't want to be in or anybody that can steal your high. Don't put them people around you like in the area in the era of that we live in now in 2020 when we're normalizing everything normalize not dealing with dumb shit and that's the I'm anthem I'm telling you that is the anthem I caught that one <laughs> I caught that one <laughs> I caught that one I came I came to work anyway, today man I came to work I see hey you fully awake man you fully awake although it's gloomy here in 
the city of, of Houston and it's all shiny and sunny out there in North Carolina, it's all good. Make the most of your day, Carpe Diem. Um, you all already know, if you're listening on SoundCloud, leave a comment, especially for the question of the day. Follow us on SoundCloud. Go on iTunes, rate it, comment on iTunes as well. Wherever podcast, wherever there's a podcast platform, if we're there and you know we're there, just just follow it. It's not gonna hurt. It's not gonna hurt. But for sure, if you're on Spotify, whatever you do on Spotify, please go <laughs> and do that. <laughs> but um, as always, thank you and you're welcome. And with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?